0: Hey, happy campers. It's Sammy here. Um, It's just me this week. Julia's in L.A. or... New York? I don't know. She's not here. So I had on the podcast Nancy Rothstein, who is the mother of Natalie and Caroline Rothstein, both of whom have been featured on the podcast before. And Nancy is a expert on sleep. So I had her come on the podcast and talk to us a little bit about sleep at camp and how camp helps us develop good sleeping habits and what those good sleeping habits are so that we can all work a little harder to get a better night's sleep because who could not use a good night's sleep, right? So I hope you enjoy my quick interview with Nancy about sleep. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for coming Hi. on the podcast. You are welcome. Um, so give me, so first of all, important to note that both of your daughters have been on my po- our podcast, uh, Caroline and Natalie, and they did amazing jobs, and now we're like finishing up the trifecta with Nancy, <laughs> um, and you are a sleep expert, right? I am. I am. How, or so they tell me. So they tell you, the sleep ambassador—that's what you go by.
1: That would be correct.
0: Um, and how did you get into that? What? Tell me.
1: So I, my background was in in financial risk management and finance. Okay. So I had spent decades in the financial world, and my spouse snored a lot. And when Natalie was in kindergarten, so it's been a few years, I was helping in the kindergarten classroom and I was nodding off because I was so tired from my secondhand sleep loss, just the constant loss of sleep from a snoring spouse. And it was, you know, this is a long time ago. This was in the 90s, early 90s. You know, it wasn't something everybody knew about in terms of sleep issues, even sleep apnea. And so I was in her kindergarten classroom. I took out a piece of construction paper, and I wrote the original draft of My Daddy Snores.
0: Oh, for our listeners, by the way, My Daddy Snores is a really excellent children's book about snoring. Yes,
1: Yes, it's very cute, and nobody particularly knew who I was, but but it has sold over 400,000 copies. So anybody out there listening who has a snoring spouse, bed partner, friend, sister, brother, Camp bunkmates, whatever it is, counselors, it's a prevalent issue.
0: I gave and a copy is- of it to my the family that I babysit for, and it, it's right. their favorite book.
1: Oh my god, that's so cute! Does somebody snore in the household?
0: I don't, I don't think so, but there's a lot of like uh, production around going to bed, and so I think it was a good, you know, book about sleeping. Um, and the little but one that- just calls it "Daddy snores."
1: Oh, so cute. Well, I can't wait to get to the production around bedtime. Oh Peter yeah, or at camp. So we'll get to that. Okay. Anyway, long story short, I was dealing with financial risk management. I'd written a book on the topic. And I started to say, wait a minute, sleep is a huge risk management issue in the corporate world. Oh, yeah. So I started consulting to major corporations. I'm also the director of circadian corporate sleep programs. That's sort of the corporate hat I wear. But as the sleep ambassador, I do all kinds of media stuff and writing and lots of things about camp. In fact, as I told you, I just spoke at a Gathering of, it was called the Leaders' Assembly of 850 camp professionals for the Foundation for Jewish Camp. And that was enlightening. We'll talk about it. And, and doing these two 90 minute presentations got me thinking really deeply about wait a minute, in our 24 7 crazy world, and this wasn't the case 15, 20 years ago, even 10, camp, overnight camp provides an extraordinary opportunity to learn a life skill that being sleep which is such an irony you know it's overnight camp sleep away camp but right. it it may be one of the few um oh just the few peaceful quiet places and you know obviously well it may not be obvious it's cuz kids don't have their technology with them no screens so we'll talk no no screens we'll talk about it um, but anyway that's how i became the sleep ambassador and do all the corporate consulting I do because sleep is a huge issue. Um, You know, 60-some-odd percent of children have sleep problems at least a few nights a week. Same for adults. 76% of Americans want to get a better night's sleep. And believe it or not, 70% of teens are not getting sufficient sleep. And it's impacting their learning, their health, their safety, even their development. So we've got a big issue here, and it's just so funny to to think about overnight camp as a training ground for good sleep.
0: I believe that's true. I never slept better than when I was at camp as a kid or as a counselor.
1: Right. Well, well, Walden, the camp that we went to happens to not have electricity. Yes, everybody out there, there are camps still without any electricity, except the older cabins get a bulb in the bunk. So Already, it's the old Benjamin Franklin, early to bed, early to rise. Right. And, you know, it's just, a, it is a recipe for a great sleep. But even the camps and having just been amongst this group of large, this large group of people dedicated to the camp industry, it, it is, it is also, um, you know, lights go out in cabins at most camps at a reasonable hour. So it, it's pretty important.
0: So let's back it up a little bit. What is considered to be good sleep?
1: Good sleep. Well, you know, it's so funny you ask. I got interviewed a couple weeks ago, and one of the questions was, what's the best app for, you know, for tracking your sleep? And I said the best app for (laughs) tracking your sleep is your body and your mind.
0: Yeah. How do you
1: feel when you wake up in the morning? Are you tired Do you have trouble getting through the day without caffeine and naps? Are you falling asleep in class? Is it hard to go, is it hard to work out? Are you finding yourself craving carbs? I mean, there's so many natural ways that our body and mind tells us that we're not getting sufficient sleep. So good sleep is you, sorry, good sleep is just picture the kid, whether camp home, getting out of bed, a big stretch, your arms are up. To the side in the air, and you're just like, ah, oh, what? I, I'm I'm ready to go. What a beautiful morning! Sleep. Right,
0: um, that's good sleep. I used to have a sleep app, but honestly, it gave me so much anxiety to like check it in the morning to see if I got good sleep that I ended up sleeping poorly. So I got rid of it. I was like, this is not worth it.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I'm a stickler for that because I will not have my phone in the bedroom, oh,
0: that's and for smart.
1: you know, kids who don't have, you know, they kids. So put it across the room if you're not going to take it out of your room, but that's a whole nother th- topic yeah. you can get into about this whole, you know, tech thing. It's, it's, a, it's a massive problem.
0: Um, so how much, I know it, it varies by age, but like, let's say camper age nine to 15, how much sleep do you need? Do they need?
1: Well, uh, as I always say, sleep varies through the lifespan. And so, you know, uh, from a newborn needing up to 18 hours a day, five to 12 year olds need about nine to 11. Adolescents need about nine to 10 and adults seven to nine. Now that can vary. And it isn't just about the amount of sleep you get. It's the quality, right? Somebody can, if, if an adolescent or an adult for that matter is tossing and turning in bed or a little kid with nightmares or other issues, then, then, you know, it isn't just about how long you're in bed. It's how is the quality of the sleep? But, but how, many, how many kids do you know who get, you know, 9 to 11 hours of sleep?
0: Um, very
1: few. Yeah, it's a problem. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, Sammy, because it's catching up with us. Five, ten years ago, people were, you know, getting by, and millennials were, you know, getting by. But now everybody's, wait a minute, this is not sustainable, and, and again, it's just camp is a recipe. Overnight camp is a recipe for, you know, you're outdoors all day. You're busy. You're not on screens. It's just it's just even for people, young people, to experience, oh, yeah, when I'm at camp, I really sleep well and I'm, I really feel good. And then they get home and there are a zillion activities and homework and on their phones for an average of over five hours a day easy and that's probably it's probably more like seven and it's it's playing havoc
0: so let's talk about that a little bit um what what makes camp such a good place I mean we we touched on it you know you're tired and there's no screens but um what makes camp the best place to practice good sleep
1: Well, I, I would say the number one differential is other than the outdoors and you're busy and it's, and it's, you know, you're on a, first of all, you're on a routine. Right. Both during the day and at bedtime. And that already is a good thing. It sets the stage to, you know, at home, people don't generally prepare for sleep. It's one thing with a baby and they have, you have your little routine, read a book or even to kids and you read a book to them. But at camp, You've got also this, you're back to natural life. You do not have these screens with you. Very few camps allow kids to have screens. And if somebody's reading with a back, and using electricity after taps, after lights go out. So you're setting the stage for the body to just, and the mind to relax for sleep. Everybody's quiet. There's no phones ringing. There's no pings for a text. And you just, you know, you're you're there. It's it, some camps, you know, have have natural air coming in, some camps maybe do have air conditioning, but it's it's just you just go to sleep. You don't have anything else you have to do, or you're tempted to do, other than talk with your friends. And and the older kids who can stay up late, they, they start dragging because they have this opportunity to stay up beyond the the point of when their body and mind says. I'm ready for sleep, right? So it's just, um, the environment is so different, but the screens, the lack of screens is a monumental factor in all of this. And, and I wish that camp professionals over to, would start to, would be aware of this so they could say, you know, even do some kind of a questionnaire before camp, after camp, it's ripe for research, which I'm, I'm working on cause I thought this, you know, you don't get environments where kids are off their technology. You just don't yep. other than overnight camp.
0: That's true. Um, it's also interesting because when I was a kid, like phones weren't a thing, like that wasn't an issue really, mm-hmm. but like I didn't have a phone till eighth grade. I didn't bring it to camp. And even if I did, it didn't have like a screen the way that it does today.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but I still just slept so much better at camp, and I think maybe it's because I there was a lot of like social anxiety when I was at school that mm-hmm. I, it was you know, like the Sunday scaries? Um, yeah It was kind of like that, but at camp, those just don't exist. Like the anxieties are different and much less.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. The pressures aren't as great. There isn't this um, fear of missing out. Right. Because everybody's a part of everything. And I think that I think it really behooves camp administration to create this culture and this idea that, wow, sleep is really valued here and providing awareness and encouragement for counselors and staff, because we all know what can happen with counselors, be it on nights off or just staying up really late. And, you know, you get a dragging counselor, it's going to ripple through the whole the whole bunk and the kids that they're teaching activities to. I mean, everybody just needs the, so counselors and staff really need to model it right. for the campers, which isn't always easy. Believe me, we know these counselors, many, and any of them, any of you listening, you know, you're probably about college age or maybe just out, and, and so you're used to all kinds of, you know, nighttime hours.
0: Right. Right. I mean, I loved when I was on bunk duty as a counselor cause I just went to bed at, I mean, my kids were a little bit older, so usually around 10, but like, how often do I ever go to bed at 10? Right. It's amazing. But,
1: but the question is you just, you so everybody, everybody listening, you have to listen to your body. It speaks. In fact, you know, a couple things I'll say, you know, your body's always in the present. It's not the past or future. It's our brains that are here, there and everywhere. Well, at camp, your brain isn't here, there, and everywhere because you're not thinking about the homework you have or the game you have. You may be thinking about some things at camp, or maybe somebody or a friends upset you or something. But for the most part, you just don't have as many mental or other distractions from technology and whatnot or TV to grab your attention. So your brain which does what it gets, what it's designed to do. It gets to transition to sleep in peace. I mean just, you're not running around, you're not going to someone's house. It's just, there's this gorgeous routine that you're, we follow at camp.
0: You're less stimulated. Right. And it's a good thing. Um, I have a question. So a lot of kids are, uh, medicated today for like ADD and that kind of, you know, attention deficit mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. sometimes when they go to camp, they, uh, are taken off their meds for the, the summer um, do you think that that affects quality of sleep, whether they remain on or are taken off for the summer? So
1: I have an MBA after my name, not an MD. Okay. So I I (laughs) will never give advice. I get the question all the time, should I take melatonin to help me sleep? And that begs a very important conversation. And the first thing I say is, you know, does your doctor know you're taking melatonin because it's not regulated and it's not prescription. And, Whether they say yes or no, I say because many doctors just prescribe it sleeping pills to adults without a formidable or even basic true understanding of sleep. We produce melatonin naturally. It's not doesn't cause sleep, but it is the regulator of the light dark cycle and of our circadian rhythm. So at camp and. Our, our, our circadian rhythm loves consistency, which is one of the nice things about camp also, because we're not so consistent with our sleep weekends versus weekdays, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you're about medication. So my comment would be, first of all, if you're going off meds for the summer, does the doctor know that if they're prescribed medications? And number two, and this is something to really parents out there, even kids listening who are on meds for AD ADHD, it's really important that maybe you talk to a sleep specialist because sleep-disordered breathing and sleep disorders such as sleep apnea, which children can have, are often misdiagnosed as ADD, ADHD. Why? When an adult gets sleepy, we fall asleep at the wheel. When a child gets sleepy, it's, it's paradoxical. They get hyper.
0: Oh.
1: And often... Children who you think have ADD, ADHD, may have sleep disorder breathing of some sort. They're not oxygenating properly during the night. It's impacting the quality of their sleep, and it starts to reflect in other behaviors. And also, so so you just can't, you have to look at this more holistically. And unfortunately, it isn't. The other thing is there are, and I've witnessed it, kids who come to the nurse's office at night to take melatonin. And if your doctor has prescribed it, or if your parents are, I suggest you really take a deeper dive into understanding that your body produces melatonin naturally. And if you're looking at TV and your phone and your computer in the hour or so before bed, You are sending a signal to your brain. I won't go into the specifics anatomically, but you're sending a signal to your brain, oh, we're staying up. We're not going to sleep.
0: We need to engage.
1: you, You inhibit the flow, the release of your melatonin. And the other problem with a lot of people who take melatonin is they take it right when they go to bed, and that's a problem because it takes hours to work. Your melatonin for sleep, in, your, in terms of regulating your light-dark cycle, comes up hours before you're going to get in bed. So, you know, people just don't understand all of this and are either misinformed or not informed and not serving themselves well, which leads back to your other question about camp being this wonderful um, environment for good sleep. And so I would, if your child, you're sending your child off or you're off to camp taking melatonin, you've got a few months now to take a closer look at that.
0: Before they go to camp.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was it, a number of my pediatric sleep expert colleagues were shocked when I told them kids were taking melatonin in overnight camp. The point is we produce melatonin naturally and it regulates our sleep-wake cycle. And when we interrupt that with screens and we bring day into night by all this blue light exposure, we are playing havoc with our natural biorhythms.
0: Um, so let's talk a little bit about the nighttime ritual at camp and how that and uh, makes for good sleep.
1: Okay. And by the way, you you did um, one interesting thing to look at, I, I did this analysis of, bad habits. Were they an issue or not for staff and counselors and for campers? Mm -hmm. And can I, before we get to the routine, I'd love to run through them. Please. So irregular bedtime hours, it can be a problem for staff and counselors. It isn't one for campers. No bedtime routine could be for staff and counselors. It's not an issue as it is often at home for campers. Alcohol and caffeine, begs to be considered for counselors and staff, not an issue for kids. Food and liquids before bed, not an issue for kids because they don't, maybe they have bedtime snack, that's great. Um, Staying up too late for the older kids could be an issue. Technology overload is the big one. It could still be a problem for staff and campers if they go to like the, the staff lounge or whatever and they're on their computers late at night. Campers, you've taken it away. Improper breathing and snoring could be an issue for staff counselors and campers. If you have a snoring camper in the bunk, it's they need to talk to their physician when they get home. There's other things to do in the short term while they're at camp. But you know, I'm working with the U.S. Army, and believe me, you get one snoring uh, soldier in a in a in group sleeping barracks, and, and you've got a problem.
0: Throws everyone off.
1: Yeah, and sleep supplements again you know, be it RXs for staff and or supplements for counselors and campers can be an issue. But you've already alleviated a lot of these. So, so what's the next thing? You know, there's routines for preparing for bedtime. And then once you're in the dark, you know, younger kids particularly can be homesick at night, maybe a little scared. So we'll talk about that. But the routine to prepare for bedtime is... I highly recommend showering at night, but that's not often the case, especially with younger kids at camp. Yeah. So at least brushing their teeth, washing their hands and face. Okay. That's really important. Um, Reading to campers or independent reading or journaling, fabulous thing to do. And if lights are out and you can use your flashlight for a little bit, because you need to, that's great.
0: An unwinding Um, of the day.
1: Yeah, and reading, for younger kids, reading to the campers and a chapter book that they get engaged in. And if somebody's not interested, they can read their own book. But I think it's, a, and sometimes, you know, going around the cabin and talking about the best thing that happened during the day or, or not, but just calming conversation that everybody can engage in and be a, in a group. And then nobody can sleep for you, but you. So when you do that, you're on your own. Yeah.
0: I like that. Nobody can sleep for you, but you. That's right. Um,
1: and so all of those things. And then clocks aren't such an issue at camp. So you you tend to be freed from time. And believe me, your body's going to let you know what you need to do. And you don't even need an alarm clock because somebody's going to come around probably and wake you up. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you've had a good night's sleep. But one of the things, um, what were you asked about? Routines more or just sort of some What can you do to fall asleep if you're having trouble?
0: Well, we can talk about both. But I was thinking, you know, like uh, at Walden, we have taps, which Uh I don't know that every camp has it, but the oldest girls sing like four or five slow campfire songs. uh, And like the whole camp can hear it and it's very like calming and relaxing. Uh Um, And I just always associated that with like a really nice end to the day, like, it's time for sleep yeah. now. I listen to taps.
1: Well, it's so funny. That's the one thing I didn't say a minute. That's sort of the last, when I was giving this presentation a few weeks ago, that was the last bullet, tap signal sleep. Oh, really? And, whether, yeah, whether it's taps or whatever anybody else does at a camp, day is done, gone the sun, from the lake, from the, the hills, from the sky, all is well, safely rest, good night. Um, actually, the original, I think, is God is nigh. Yeah. But you take that out, you a know, good night. So whatever you sing, it is, it's a a unified signal to everybody that it's okay to go to sleep and maybe what we all need to do at home. Well, I have a really good suggestion and I've been getting great raves. It was actually from one of my students on my NYU online sleep course, one point suggested this, and that was, especially at home at camp, it's not really an issue because it's all sort of the routine is set up for you, but at home... Is set your phone alarm an hour before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. And then when it goes off, that is your signal for a few things. First, it's your signal to set your alarm for the morning if you insist on not having a clock and having your own, having your phone as the alarm. Mm-hmm. And you I know it's hard, everybody, but just you're it's you know, you're not gonna miss out on anything, except for you're not gonna be as tired as everyone else. So you you set your phone alarm. For the next morning, but I highly recommend using an old-fashioned clock. And put it across the room or out of the bedroom if, you can, if that works. And now you've got this hour of you time. And what I always, well, what am I going to do for an hour if I'm not on my phone or watching TV? Um, and there's a lot to do. Reading, having a conversation. If you don't have a landline and your conversation is going to be on your phone, just turn away from it, turn it really dim And don't look at it again. I know it's really tempting to look at every text. But your body and your brain deserve this peaceful time. Maybe some gentle stretching and yoga. Maybe if you don't have trouble with, you know, peeing during the night and getting up, have a cup of um, soothing chamomile tea. Maybe if you're hungry, a light snack. Don't go to bed hungry. But something like a banana or a little bowl of cereal, just nothing real sugary, nothing heavy, because your digestive system is toning down for the night. It, it is not ready to lay horizontally and do a lot of work, which is welcome indigestion for people eat too close to bedtime. Yeah. So just those kinds of things. But if you're home, I highly recommend a bath or a shower before bed. If you like to shower in the morning, then do it then too. And use good moisturizer if your skin gets dry because your body it's just talk about mindfulness when you stand under that water and you just let it run over you even though i just heard that there's a new shower curtain with a phone pocket in
0: it come on that is truly my only time by myself like i'm not bringing my phone in there
1: you know you don't need a mindfulness if you want a mindfulness app then go for it but that's mindfulness, yeah. standing in the shower and feeling the water going over you. Welcome to the... I've been meditating for over, I don't know, 40 some odd years, and that's, that's mindfulness. And just, just enjoy that shower. And it raises your body temperature, which is going to fall during sleep. Mm. So you don't want to piping hot just before you get in bed. But it's soothing, and you get under your covers clean. Like, who? why would anybody want to get under their covers not clean?
0: <laughs> I'm the worst person to talk to about this because I'm a huge morning showerer, so I always... So do...
1: do that. Yeah. You yeah. Take, I want you for a week to try taking a shower also at night. Okay. Tell me how you feel.
0: Yeah, it's I guess really I, I'm, I'm just really about like washing my hair in the morning, but I guess I don't have to wash it at night when I take a shower. No, oh
1: my <laughs> God, I have the best shower caps. I love the shower caps I use because they, it's great. I would never, it would never be a hair issue because I have a good shower cap. Yeah. Tear, you know, so that's a, that's a solution.
0: I'll try it. I'll try it. Um, okay. I have one more question and it's about rest hour. Um, do you think that that is helpful for promoting good sleep or like when I was a counselor and I would fall asleep during rest hour, I was always so groggy for the rest of the afternoon. Um, but for uh, kids don't usually sleep during rest hour, they more just rest. Do you think that that's an important part of camp?
1: I think it's a marvelous part of camp, and we'll dive into it in a few ways. For campers, yes, most of them don't fall asleep, but it's good quiet time. They're so active. It gives them a chance to just sort of regroup, write some letters, read a book, do some sticker activity or making bracelets or whatever they're doing, and it's a really smart thing. And It's one of the few times other than sleep that you're in your own space. You know, generally you're at your bed or thereabouts, so that's good. As for falling asleep during rest hour or any nap, the reason that you're waking up so groggy is because if rest hour is about an hour and you're pooped, you've entered a sleep cycle after about a half an hour. And so when you're in the middle of a sleep cycle and you have to get up, you do awaken more groggy than you started. So the best thing you could do or anybody, is keep your nap to a half an hour or less. A 10, 20-minute power nap can do wonders. And set your phone alarm. And if you don't have a phone and you're at camp, find some way that you can just limit it to a half an hour. Uh, That's really important. Now, if someone is sick, pregnant, or jet lag at home, or traveling, or have... Then and you need to sleep more, you need to drive. Well, if you need if you're drowsy, don't drive. Find someone else to drive. But if you need a nap longer than that, or you're just exhausted on the weekend, you need to catch up, it's not gonna solve a chronic sleep problem, but it's okay once in a while. Especially if you're sick or pregnant, you need extra sleep. So, but at camp in the bunk, that's why you're awakening groggy or at home, because you're entering a sleep cycle and then you're interrupting it.
0: Yeah. Um... Also, that kind of made me think of this thing that I don't really know how it applies to camp, but I think that you should talk about it, the sleep debt. So sleep
1: debt is the difference between the amount of sleep you get and the amount of sleep you need or require. And much like gaining weight over time, you can't just lose it all on a weekend, nor can you make up for chronic sleep deprivation or sleep debt on a weekend. It could take months to readjust your your circadian rhythm. You know, if you go to bed too late, then start backing up your sleep by 15 minutes a week or so and just ease into it. But you cannot, chronic sleep deprivation, we do not know, or sleep debt, we do not know the long-term ramifications, but we are learning more and more. And one of the most important things, especially for the brain health, is our brain has a cleansing system that works while we're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And when we deprive of ourselves of sleep, our brain is effectively becomes like a dirty kitchen. It doesn't flush itself of toxins and leads to myriad problems. So it's, it's very important to just recognize you don't want to have sleep debt. Right. And technically, you should go to bed and get up at the same time, you know, seven days a week. That's not always going to be realistic. And it's a big problem for kids, teenagers more than younger kids, and certainly even middle schoolers, is they just have to get up too early. And when you change school start time by a half an hour later, you see huge differences in everything from depression to, um, to SAT scores, because it's for teens. It's not just how, how long you sleep. It's also when you sleep there's your circadian rhythms, a little bit different at different times in your life. But at camp, even though you have to get up earlier than probably a teen wants, the routine is so structured and the lack of technology that the quality of sleep improvement would definitely compensate for any issues about when they have to get up but they're not getting up at 5:30 or 6
0: no yeah a lot of my school started at 8 so i had to get that's up civilized. at
1: 6:30 Yep, that's a little too early but <laughs> start even if your school changed it and they did a lot of it in your area um, in Fairfax County, just making it a half an hour later. Yeah. In fact, for any parents listening, it's StartSchoolLater.net. It's a whole significant movement. There's a lot of research. But know when you send your child or when you, if you're listening as a camper or a camp, you're learning really good sleep habits. And for those who have trouble, any trouble falling asleep, we don't have time now to go into any strategies. But one of the best things you can do is focus on your breathing. Focus on the air coming in and out. Just let it go into your breath. None of this heavy-duty, you're breathing in and out through your nose, peacefully relaxed, and if thoughts are coming, just go to your body awareness. Your body's not in the past or the future, it's right now. So just focus on your breathing, maybe some gratitude, something great you're happy about, Just soothe yourself to sleep. Just let the mind, you know, if you need something to focus on, don't focus on a zillion thoughts. Just focus on your breathing or your heartbeat. Just something that takes yourself away from the myriad thoughts that pass through our brain.
0: Amazing. That's how I self-soothe myself to go to sleep, too. Um, Nancy, thank you so much for talking about sleep with me.
1: Can I say one more thing? Yes,
0: of course.
1: Cause I think awakening tips to start a new day is really important. Yeah. And honoring the closure of sleep in the beginning of the day. So a little stretching, some just just setting a few goals for the day, but you want to know my and getting exposure to daylight certainly isn't a problem in camp and starting to move. But my favorite awakening tip. Mm-hmm. is make your
0: bed huh yes correct I make my bed every day it sets the tone
1: it does and I love teaching bed making when I go to help at Walden because yeah. most kids don't know how to make their bed and I teach them this mechanism I call it bed origami and kids will come up to me and I'll have them get I'll have them i'll have a kid get under the covers i said kick up a storm (laughs) and then you know and okay your nightmare is over it's time to get up and pull the covers up and they their mouths hang open because they can't believe no matter how messy it was it's so easy to make your bed so hey everybody little cool the clutter around your area but just make your bed in the morning it really, literally, if you do it right, you can make it as you get out of it. And then when inspection comes after breakfast and you're, everybody's straightening up, you're good to go.
0: It's truly, it really sets the tone for the whole day, I think. And also when I come home, I want to like get into a nicely made bed.
1: Definitely. And for those of you who have so much stuff on your bed at camp, bring an extra laundry bag that you throw extra stuffed animals and all your extra stuff and then every couple of days, dump it when you have time during rest hour or something and straighten it all up. Yeah. But keeping, you know, honor your sleep space. And sometimes, especially for older kids at camp, they have so much stuff all over the place. Yeah. But honoring your sleep space makes for a very relaxing, and peaceful sleep.
0: I totally agree. I make my bed every morning and it's, it real. I love it. Like I will never not do that. And I probably learned that at yeah. camp, honestly.
1: Good. Yeah, you probably did. And you know, if I have my druthers at some point I I I would love to spread that to the uh to the world. But look, the military certainly knows how important it is. Yeah. Um and that's because it's a task completed and it sets the stage for your day and it's well done and it's something to return to after a long day and evening.
0: Yeah, correct. No no better day than Clean Sheets Day. It's my favorite day.
1: God. but when you start to shower at night my sweet your sheets will be all the cleaner every day that's
0: true that's true yeah we I'm both try know what it. it's
1: like to have pine needles in our bed
0: i some more than others aka me i always had pine needles in my bed sweet um all right nancy thank you so much um you, you have a website, right? Sleep ambassador, the sleep ambassador.com. The sleep ambassador.com. Everybody go check it out. It's the best. Um, Nancy is the best. And can you email you through the website? Yes, you can. So if you You have any sleep questions, you can email Nancy and she will get back to you.
1: Yes. But learn to love sleep. It needs to be your best friend. And look life is life is a 24 seven operation and that isn't changing and our biology isn't changing any time soon. So really it's all about behavior modification to honor sleep and the way we were made to exist. It's truly what a valuable currency
0: sleep. The best. All right. Um, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you, Nancy. You are very welcome. It was a
1: pleasure, and I hope any everybody listening is inspired to um, to love their sleep,
0: love your sleep, and make your bed.
1: Yep, that's <laughs> those two things. You're 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 on your way to really living life to the fullest and having fun and feeling good. Exactly.
0: All right. Um, okay. Thank you. Thanks.
1: Yes. Happy campers to all. <laughs>
0: You heard her, value your sleep and make your bed. Uh, thanks again to Nancy Rothstein for coming on the podcast and answering all of my sleep questions. If you want to learn more about her, you can visit www.thesleepambassador.com. Um, lots of good sleep info on there. And if you want to learn more about us, you can check us out at happycamperspodcast.com or shoot us an email at happycamperspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter And you should rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, It's just me today, so I guess I'll do the sign-off by myself. Day is done. Gone the sun. We out.
1: Our theme song was written, recorded, and sung by the very talented Steffi Copeland.